Oh shit, here we go again. episode of the road to glory podcast a part of the pigskin network i'm your host sean aka swank and i'm here joined by somebody that you guys are all familiar with if you follow our main show here by steph the guy himself what's good brother yes sir i'm doing great yes sir yes sir so talked about this for a while now i've been i've been um procrastinating and shit uh, but we finally, finally are sitting down here to record what is most likely going to be our main college football podcast. So we're only going to talk about college football here. Um, we talk about it, obviously, on, on our main broadcast as well. But we, we kind of like to cover both leagues and, and all levels. So we're not always able to get into a deep dive into our thoughts about certain topics. But here uh, with Steph, we're going to be breaking down pretty much all the major storylines and narratives here in college football that we find interesting, at least maybe not all of them, but some of them, we're just going to talk, talk shit, talk. That's what we do. And, you know, we're just going to kick mm-hmm. it. Uh, you got any opening remarks or, or statements you want to say uh, now that we finally got this shit started? Man, I'm just really excited. This season looked like it's going to be interesting. You know, being a Ducks fan, we know the Pac-12 is going out with a bang. And uh, yeah, just really excited, ready to watch some football this fall. Definitely, um, watching the NBA playoffs and and the hockey playoffs, and just like I, I'm not that big of a fan of hockey, but I do enjoy watching the playoffs. Um, just like the the intensity of both of those sports just got me so ready to watch football and to watch games that like actually matter to me as well. So I'm, I'm, you're definitely right about that. Definitely think it'll be a, a, a super dope. Um, season the last season of a fourteen playoff before we expand. I know you're a big fan of that expansion. I'm not a big fan of it. I'm sure we <laughs> could talk about that a lot here on this show. Um, although I- I'm not totally against it. Um, but uh, you did mention you were a Ducks fan. I guess I, I should have mentioned my allegiance too. Uh, I-, I support. I represent the Florida Go Gators. You already know the fucking vibes. Um, so yeah, we got Pac-12 SEC here on this podcast. That is definitely our our expertise, but we watch all football, Big Ten, uh, fucking Mountain West, uh, Big South. We here. We, yeah, we're some true sickos, man. We're some true if this, sickos. If the this fun on belt. TV, listen, if this on TV, we watching. Exactly. Exactly. Especially, especially when that season first start and you get those, uh, you get them crazy ass, like, Hawaii versus Nebraska games, like week zero, like that's the yeah. best time of the year. And <laughs> best time of the year for real. Um, but all right, man, yeah, we got a couple topics. Like I said, this is a test episode, so we really just fucking around here. Um, but, but let's get into let's get into the little bit to the little mini doc that we got going on here. Um, let's talk about this this college football holdout. Um, now, this isn't something I really expected at all um i didn't really get to uh read the full article yet so if you want to start talking about it i'm going to read a little bit about this and then um, i'll give my opinions you could go first honestly i had no idea what that was all right hold on give me give me one second i have ad blocker <laughs> on so right now on three is not letting me um 
open up the article <laughs> for whatever reason. Um, hold on, I don't even know how to shut this shit off for real. Uh, see, this is why we do the test episodes. Because imagine, <laughs> you niggas can't even get onto on three because the ad blocker. Like, I don't want to remove it, but I want to shut it off. But whatever. All right. Let me just refresh real quick. All right, on three. All right. So it says, um, let's see, let's see. On three, Pete Nakos reported that the combined compensation for players who opted into the video game is expected to be roughly $5 million. Um, and which equates to about $500 per player. So before we go any further into the article, what are your thoughts on those two numbers? Because um, that doesn't seem nearly as much as I expected. I mean, this is a game that's probably going to have one of the most hyped releases um, in a long time in the world of video games. Um, I know we both are big gamers as well. So uh, I, I don't think there's going to be much... Uh, much greater hype for a game than this. And I, I feel like this is going to sell a lot and they're going to make a lot more money. Uh, so 5 million doesn't seem like a lot. I don't know. Right. Am I, tri- am and, I tripping? No. And, um, you know, it's been 10 years since the last NCAA. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that this community now. is starving, starving for a new NCAA. I don't know if you ever heard of college football revamp, mm-hmm. but I have. it's something I that I've been playing recently. I got it on my PlayStation 3. And it's really dope. If you don't know what it is, it's a mod that basically updates the old uh, NCAA 14 with all the new uniforms, player names, stadiums, everything. Basically, everything that they could update to 2022, they updated it. And, um, you know, so this is this is the state of the college football gaming community where they basically had to make their own game because a game hasn't come out in so long. So to see this. As a fan, it's kind of frustrating because this is something that's going to halt the release of a game that we've been waiting 10 years for. But at the end of the day, I'm always going to side with the players. And they definitely deserve more money than that. Um, I remember, if I remember correctly, Madden players get a lot more money. I think they get thousands. I don't remember the exact number, but. But then at the same time, there's way more college football players than there is Madden athletes. So you got to factor that in too. Mm-hmm. You For know, sure. there's a hundred. There's about 130 teams in D1. They even put some FCS. That all got teams. like 70 roster spots. Right. So if you want to put all those people in the game, there's obviously going to be less money for each person. So I, I just hope they get it worked out and. I hope they could get as much money as they can, honestly. Yeah. Um I, I was my first thought was about like a thousand per player, I think would be fair if you opted into the game. Um I'm as I'm reading this article, um it says they talked to um Oklahoma quarterback General Booty uh at the NIL summit. What a name, by the way, on that <laughs> kid. Um and he says we've actually been talking about that in the locker room. Uh we were saying if they come out and try to lowball and say we want to give everyone two hundred well, guys, maybe like Caleb Williams may say no, and he's not in the game. Right. And then you get all these USC fans who want to buy the game and not play with him, you know? And then uh, he went on to say, 
and then he does it, and then someone else does it, and then it's a domino effect, and then the game is ruined. So I think right. that is going to be a very critical to how they put it together. They're going to have to have one price, and I'd say like 600 to 800 would get everyone in. But some of the big guys, you know, that deserve it, that have been playing, starting for a couple of years, put up the numbers, they may have to sit down and negotiate with them because that's going to ruin the game if they don't have some of these star guys in there. Uh, so I thought that was that was a pretty well thought out uh, statement from uh, General Booty, Oklahoma quarterback, about his thoughts. And I, I'd, I'd have to say I agree. Um, obviously, you got a guy like Caleb Williams. You got guys like uh, Drake May or um, any of these other elite players in the country. They may command more money. Like, that's a good point. Like, as a Florida Gator fan, I'm, I'm going to buy the game so I could play with my favorite players. Now, if my favorite players aren't in the game, we mentioned we're sickos on this podcast, so that game will be in my household regardless. They can go back to QB QB eleven running back twenty four. I will be playing that shit. But next, but I can understand why somebody may want to is a huge Caleb Williams fan. It would want to play with him in the game, and it would suck if he's not in the game. And they're 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 so and they're forth. So I I don't think a holdout is going to happen. I don't think they have like a strong enough players union or anything to actually do that but i do think uh ea sports needs to do right by everybody and there needs to be like a like a committee of players overseeing this that get to sit down with ea sports that get to sit down with whoever's facilitating the nil and all that for all the players that opted in and get that price jacked up a little bit at least in my opinion but all it takes is one though because honestly yeah if it is, if it's like one starting quarterback somewhere that doesn't want to be in the game, I mean, to me that would be kind of sad because there's going to be a fan base out there that wants to use that team, and they're not going to have one of their star players. So, I really think for the only way for this to be, you know, perfect is obviously to get all the players. And and when when you hear things like this, there's probably going to be somebody of note that ops out of the game yeah so you know that's going to be sad to me i just hope it's just not somebody that's too big like i really hope it's not a caleb williams type of mm-hmm. player because you know that'll that'll change the whole game you yeah. know um I'm, I'm reading a little bit more here in this in this article and they, they asked a couple more players like what they thought was fair compensation and a few of these answers are pretty interesting to be honest and um Fish McWilliams, he's a second-team all-conference USA defensive tackle for UAB. He said, uh, obviously, just having the video game back itself is okay with me. I appreciate the NIL uh, for the NCAA game, but I really just want to play the video game and just get it back out there because it's been almost gone for 10 years now. So this guy's at UAB, second team. So obviously, uh, he's not looking at the same amount of money that a guy that's going to a USC, that's going to Michigan, that's going to Clemson. Right is looking at so he has different thoughts and opinions on it but it still is interesting to see a division one player an all-conference player saying that he really is just okay with uh the game coming back itself and uh his uh his comments were echoed by his teammate who mentioned that it's a game that he played as a kid and it's just good to have the game be back and he's just excited to actually be in the game and um right so i, I think a lot of players uh do have that thought process a lot of guys grew up just like we did on this game playing this game so it's cool to have yourself in a video game, even if it isn't your name, um, even if it is just your likeliness. So 
Uh, now that these guys actually get to have their name in the game, I think that'll be enough for a lot of guys. But you know what? I was just thinking. Talk to me. So they're not really – you don't actually have to do anything to be in the game. They're just going to make a player that obviously looks like you and use well, your likeness. But it's people that actually record voice lines and do acting and things like that for video games that should actually be paid more than you know $500 or $800 or whatever. So I think a good idea would be for a player like a Caleb Williams or another big name to be in the game by maybe recording some lines or doing a, a, a cool interview or something like that. And that'll be a way for them to get even more money. And I think it would be worth it because it would just make the game feel more alive. You know, like how the yeah. different commentators and they have the ESPN people, you know, talking about the different games and stuff like that going on. So I think if they got players to record lines or, you know, do interviews and, really be a part of the game then that would just be even better i agree and i'm not sure if um you are familiar uh, or i'm not fully familiar with it but they actually have been going to different campuses they've already been to the florida gator campus three times since the game's announced and i'm assuming mm. that is it a lot of it's been going to get like stadium um like pictures of the stadium and scans of all that but right. i know that they have met with some players and taking some pictures and, and did some stuff like that. So I do think that they are, uh, I don't, like like I said, I don't know to what extent, but I do think they are doing some of that already. So that is pretty exciting that they are actually going to these campuses and talking to the players and the coaches and, and the staffs. And it seems like they're taking their time with this and it's going to be good. Um, yeah, one thing I always appreciate about NCAA was that each year, it truly was a different game, and mm -hmm. it was different than Madden. So, so the players are always changing, too. Right. And um, I, you know, just recently kind of starving for that college football content. I played, you know, NCAA 11, 12, 13, and 14. And they really – each game really is different from each other. They all have different playbooks. And I know that was one complaint about Madden is even the playbooks are pretty much the same every year. Mm -hmm. The team's – the game is pretty much the same, and they just update the rosters every year. So I just hope they keep that same DNA in NCAA where they put that extra passion and they really do make it a different game. Definitely. I definitely agree. Um, I actually haven't played any sports games in a while. I actually just played my first two games of Madden, I would say, in the past like three or four years the other day. Um and yeah, it's, it's, it's a totally, it's a totally different game than last time I played, but it's just, yeah, I, I hope they don't make it like that. And I hope they, they did what they used to do and, and they made it two separate games. And I, I think a lot of people have echoed that and I'm hoping, and I know that the best game developers, the best companies, the best games are always connected with their community. So I'm hoping they have people on the ground, people on Twitter, people in their studio that are constantly checking social media and stuff like that to make sure that they do give fans what they want, give us what we do want, because it definitely would suck just to get NCAA Madden. Like, right, I, I would right. still play it, obviously, and so would everybody else. And I feel like they kind of know that, which is kind of scary because they might just abuse that. But, um, yeah, no, I got high hopes, and I I'm excited. I'm excited. Um, any other thoughts or, or 
or statements on on the game. I'm sure we'll talk about it as we get more news about it. But right, uh, right. all right, let's let's move on then to our next topic here. This is something that uh, I had just seen uh, this morning when I woke up, and former USFL president launches spring league for high school recruits with uh, less restrictive NIL rules. Uh, now with high schoolers allowed to be in certain states, obviously allowed to accept NIL deals. It's starting to see a lot of these younger kids um, get access to these crazier opportunities. Um, so it will be a spring league, um, a super league. It's going to consist of 12 teams spread uh, throughout the country. Uh, the league will recruit four and five star talent to play um, in its inaugural inaugural season in spring 2024 with plans for teams in Atlanta, Cleveland, Dallas, Houston, New Jersey, New Orleans, Los Angeles, Miami, Phoenix, San Diego, San Francisco, and Tampa Bay. Prospects will play in 11-on-11 format over six weeks. So before we move on into the article, uh, what are your thoughts about that little snippet right there? Man, the world is changing. Yeah. It's just people nowadays are having to become professionals really young with social media and things like that. You know, you see a lot of little kids whose parents are trying to make them get famous, you know, recording videos of them working out in their, you know, football film or whatever sport it is. You know, it's it's just it's getting real crazy. Um, I think this would be big. I think it would be interesting. This might be something that I watch because, you know, spring football is something that I've been wanting for a long time. And, you know, now we have the XFL, the USFL. Um, I've been saying it for years that the FCS should have moved their season to spring when the COVID season happened, mm-hmm. um, you know, because the FCS, I think is, is, I think is good football is high level football. And to get more eyeballs on it, I think they should have moved that to spring because everybody else is watching the FBS during the fall. So, you know, there's just not enough room for everybody. And, um, you know, this, a league like this with all the top high school talent, I think will be big, um, you know, especially for people like me who aren't, that big into recruiting, I kind of pay uh, attention to my team, myself, yeah, and what what they have going on. But in regards to what everybody else is doing, it's just hard to keep up. So it's a lot, man. Right, right. So you know, something like this could be real, real big for the high school kids to get eyeballs on them, and for people like me to watch and pay attention, um, and really and really know all these people coming up. So I think it's cool, man, and. You know, any opportunity for athletes to, to you know, get more money, get more fame and eyeballs on them and just to better their career, I think is good. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, and that is another reason why we have created this show, because it's so hard to, like, cover recruiting on the main show. So we're, we're going to do our best here to be more of a national blanket on recruiting and, and follow that more give that to you here but um you're right it's just going to be so much easier to get eyes more eyes on these kids and for the casual fan that doesn't follow recruiting to find out who these top prospects are and and i wonder how many top prospects they truly are going to get because at the end of the day football is a contact sport it's a dangerous sport and any play can be your last play um and when you're playing 11 on 11 i'm not sure if this will be like a, a touch or 
or flag, but usually 11-11 indicates they will be playing it in, in pads. And I'm going to, um, we're going to read on in the article. Maybe it'll clarify for that. But uh, as, as a, as a coach of a, like a Nick Saban or a Kirby Smart, would you really want your, your prized recruit playing in a spring league where he could potentially break his leg and not be ready for the fall or potentially sprain his ankle? Like, I just feel like, um, I, I wonder what caliber of kids will be interested in joining this league. Will the best of the best play or will it be a, like the, the kids looking for more exposure? Um, which I, and I don't think it'll be bad either way. I think all these kids deserve a spot, um, to an opportunity, at least I should say, to, to prove themselves. Um, so it says the prep league, the, the prep super league, that's the name of it. Uh, will follow college rules and has started to discuss coaching positions with former FBS and NFL head coaches. This league will also have less restrictive NIL policies, allowing athletes to process to profit from their publicity rights. Um, the owner of this league, Brian Woods said in an interview that we're setting up teams and in talent rich markets around the country, but these teams will be independent of state associations. We're very strategic about where we want to be. And we know that there's a handful of markets that year in and year out produce an overwhelming numbers of players that are on division one rosters each season and that are on NFL rosters on opening day. While the eventual product could command a TV contract, Woods plans to launch Prep Super League Plus this fall. The platform will be the destination for live games and on-demand content for fans. Um, so, yeah, so college rules looking like they're going to try to get former football uh, college and NFL head coaches to coach these kids up. Um, any thoughts on the college rules, the, the the former coaches or my point about injuries and, and those kind of players and stuff like that? Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up about the injuries because that is definitely something to take note of. And, you know, you're already playing a, a full season of football in the fall. And yeah, that's not something that anybody really does is, play two football seasons in the yeah, same that's, year. That's so, crazy. Yeah. Um yeah, it's definitely something to to think about. And you know, it'll it'll kind of be a thing. I think that maybe you'll see players not even play at their own high school and just play in this league because of this. If they yeah. feel like they're gonna get more, more eyes on them and more exposure and play against better competition, mm -hmm. you might see something like that where, you know, a guy doesn't even play at his own high school, especially if he's from a place where his school isn't playing against the best competition and isn't the best program, and maybe his family can't afford to send him to a big private school. And if he can go play in this big league where, you know, they're on TV and he's, he's playing with some high-caliber coaches and other players, you know, this this might be a new world, you know. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely something to watch. And but I think I think this would be interesting. This is something that makes me excited. You know, because, you know, I don't even really watch high school football either. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's just so much going on. It's hard. It's hard to, it to watch everything. So. You know, if something like this happened, you can see a lot of top guys. I think it would be cool. So I'm, I'm, I'm 
Cur- I'm, I'm, I'm still reading this article, and I, there's some interesting stuff in here. And it says, currently, 29 states plus Washington, D.C., allow high schools allow high schoolers to profit off their NIL without losing their amateur status. But multiple states filled with top talent like Florida, Georgia, and Texas, arguably the three top states in the country with producing football talent, um, they don't allow um, high school athletes from striking NIL deals um, if they still want to play high school sports. Like if, if you get an NIL deal, you lose your amateur status and you're technically a professional. So in the interview, uh, Woods told on three that the Prep Super League has partnered with No Cap Sports to assist in facil- facilitating NIL deals. Um, if an athlete were to strike a relationship with a major brand during their time with the Prep Super League, it could put their amateur status in limbo, uh, honestly. So that's going to be a big decision for a lot of kids, to be honest. And he says we should be viewed as a supplemental and complementary ent- entity to traditional high school football, first and foremost. So that kind of echoes your statement about saying, will kids kind of maybe just not play high school football and just play in this league? So it has already seemed like that's kind of their plan. Uh, in terms of NIL, parents and athletes are going to have to make their own decisions at some point. You know, I think the landscape is changing very quickly. We believe that we're going to be able to raise the brand value of especially the four and five star player that likes to come in. They have a great grading on them. They have many numerous offers, but my position would be a player that comes into the prep super league will come into a league that's going to really raise his brand awareness. The athlete could come increase his opportunities for either more NIL deals or NIL deals with more monetary value behind them. So uh, I'm going to read this last little part and then we'll talk about it. And it says Woods does not envision the prep super league developing into the next iteration of IMG Academy. Instead, the league wants to work around the cities they have picked with athletes still attending classes at their high school and attending a few practices a week. The league's practices will be similar to an NFL minicamp with minimal contact. So um, so it seems like they are pretty aware that this could ruin the eligibility for some of the players, depending on uh, if they want to fully utilize the NIL opportunities that this league will give them. Um, but they're saying it's worth it because you're going to make a lot more money. Your brand is going to become way bigger and you'll still wind up in the NFL. Um, but they don't want it to become an IMG Academy where they start offering school and classes. They'd rather these guys still go to their own high school and then just go to football practice at their facilities. So any thoughts about all of that? I know that was a lot, but it's kind of important. Yeah, it really is changing a lot. You know, these are decisions that are going to have to be made for a 14 and 15 year old. So, yeah, people are already worried about the NIL for 18, 19, and 20, 21, and 22 year olds. Mm-hmm. So now we're already moving to 14 year olds. That's a great. That's a great point, and that's a lot of money. I don't mean to cut you off, but these guys are getting a lot of money, man. And I know parents are involved sometimes, but sheesh. Yeah, this is it's just getting crazy, um, you know, because that's when a lot of these guys are getting their offers from the big schools. You know, they're 14, 15, 16 years old. You know, that stuff is happening before their senior year. So, um, yeah, so having to make a decision like that, I can't even imagine making a decision like that when I was that age. 
you know, there's really only one thing. It's just, you know, you're just going to your school. You know, maybe you could go to a private school if if that's what you wanted to do. You know, you could go to a different school and do something like that. But you're talking about NIL and basically being a pro as a teenager. Man. Um, but at the same time, you know, if this is a profitable sport and people are making money off of these games, then the people actually playing in the games need to be seeing this money. So. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, so yeah, this is, this is going to be, this is going to be very interesting. Very, very interesting to see where this leads. If it even fully gets off the ground. Um, right. We have to get there first. Because yeah. We've seen this multiple times with the XFL, USFL failing and starting again. So, you know, hopefully we can get a season out of this. And we all remember the glorious AAF. So, <laughs> you know, I just hope that this league can, you know, yeah, stay alive is, for a season at first. This is the former um, USFL dude. So, um, USFL is still kind of successful. So, maybe he has, you know, a little bit uh my my father, my father. <laughs> now you good. <laughs> so maybe he has a little bit of um he got some sauce, you know what I mean? Like he knows what he's doing. Yeah, he has the experience. He knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. The XFL and the and the USFL have both had their first full seasons this year, so you know. It seems like this spring football thing has potential. The only thing I wonder about is oversaturation because there's already two pro leagues. And then now they're trying to have a high school league. I just wonder if there's just enough room for everybody. That's one thing I worry about with a lot of things. Mm-hmm. You know, you see it in a, in a lot of different industries. It seems like there's a boom and then everybody rushes to that spot and then it becomes oversaturated. Yep. And there's only a few left standing at the end. So we'll see. But I hope it does well. I agree. Let's move on. Um let's talk let's talk a little bit about this official visitor weekend. Um this is the first weekend of official visits uh for all the colleges across the country. So a lot of schools were hosting a bunch of the top prospects across the nation. Um, in hopes of letting commitments or laying the groundwork to a future commitment. Um, I know it was a big weekend for my Florida Gators. Um, I've seen Oregon on my timeline a lot, so I'm sure it was a big weekend for Oregon as well. And it's a big weekend for everybody in general. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about anything Oregon-wise or like that? Or do you want me to go? Because I, I have a little article here with some top recruit names. Um, bet, bet, bet. Um, so... One of the biggest storylines of this weekend was Clemson's recruiting weekend. They actually were one of the few teams to uh, get commits this weekend. And let's talk a little bit about this first. And our recruiting has changed in the whole NIL era because usually um, or, or recently, a lot of kids have been committing during the summer. Summer has been a big time for commitments. A lot of kids just want to get their recruitment done before their senior season so they could just focus on that. And do what they got to do. Um, and I, I do think that trend will still continue, right? But 
I believe that now that NIL is a factor, I think we'll see kids taking a lot more visits and they won't be committing as early. Like um, I think a lot of people, especially in in Gatorland, um, we had a lot of positive buzz, a lot of positive recruiting um, for this weekend. And we I think a lot of people expected to get commits out of it. Uh, we didn't land any commits and, and I don't think that many schools around the country landed any commits outside of Clemson and maybe a few others. But I just feel like uh, these kids are going to want to take all of their visits nowadays and really um, explore their NIL opportunities to the max rather than just commit to a school based on if they like them or how they feel. And I, I, I ultimately do believe that that is part of the decision as well, right? I don't think NIL is the only deciding factor in these decisions, but I do think it is going to affect the way um, these commitments happen. Um, does, do you think that makes sense or do you disagree? Agree? Absolutely. Um, you know, a lot of things that you hear from fans whenever a player doesn't go to their school is that, oh, that other school just bought them. Mm-hmm. And it's not true. No. Um, you know, I've even heard a bunch of things coming out of Alabama and Georgia who have been the top two programs for the past few years. And Alabama just signed the number one recruiting class last cycle. And they are not buying players. Players are going there because they want to go there. Yes, they are getting money, but I remember one player was committed to Iowa, um, the lineman, just lineman. Mm-hmm. That yep, and he flipped Alabama. Alabama. Yep. Iowa gave him more money. Well, they were they were going to give him more money if he went to Iowa. But let's be real. These people are thinking about their future. They're not thinking about just getting more money right now. And if you want to go to the NFL, what is better than going to Alabama? You know, mm-hmm. like we've seen the track record of Nick Saban and Kirby Smart recently. So, you know, people can always say, oh, a school is buying another is buying their players. And, you know, of course, Oregon gets that a lot. We, you know, especially from our rival fan bases. But that's not what's going on. These kids are trying to go to the best program they can go to. And yes, I'm not saying that it doesn't happen. So yes, there is that one player that maybe just went to the school with For the, the most money. Yeah. But as as it's not a widespread thing. You know, I think a lot of people are kind of got a little overexcited about what happened at Texas A&M last year and and that's just not happening at, at every school or else you would see schools that normally don't get a lot of talent having a bunch of five-star players like that. And, you know, even Texas A&M is a place that has gotten a lot of good players over the years, even though they haven't been able to really put together a successful season, you know, being SEC title contenders or mm-hmm. national championship contenders. But they've had a lot of good players over the years. So even that situation isn't really that crazy. Um, I agree. I think it's a perfect so, example, honestly, of this whole thing. Right, right. So, you know, it just goes to show you that these players aren't really being bought, um, you know. Yeah, you still got to recruit them at the end of the day. They still have to feel comfortable at the school because, yeah, you, they could have money, but they still have to put their head down and go to sleep and wake up at that place. And if they're going to be miserable, 
they're not going to want to go there. They want right. to go to a place that they're going to be happy. And if they're that good of a recruit, I'm sure they're getting offered money at all the schools. So exactly, yeah, I might make ten thousand dollars left, but if I'm still making eighty thousand dollars, I'm good. I'm yeah. 18 years old, and I'm still playing college football with a chance to go make millions in four years, three years. Right. This is a this is a 40 year decision, not a four year decision. Exactly. So that's definitely something to remember. But all right, let's get into some intel and talk about some buzz, some of the top recruits around the country. Um, I mentioned Clemson, so we'll stick with Clemson. Um, they um, there was a lot of rec- a lot of buzz around five star linebacker Sammy Brown. Uh, he is ranked 16th nationally, the second linebacker and the fourth player overall in the state of Georgia. Um, so obviously, any player ranked that high, any player that good in the state of Georgia. Uh, you'd expect to be at the University of Georgia. And I think that's what everybody else expected. But uh, yesterday, he wound up committing to Clemson after his initial visit over the weekend. Clemson also got a a, um, a commitment from TJ Moore, four-star wide receiver from Tampa, Florida, um, over the Florida Gators. So a big weekend from Clemson, pulling those two guys um, pretty much out of their um, home state and to Clemson. That's just Dabo, man. Dabo's back. Uh, I know for a couple of years, Clemson has felt like they've been down. They lost both of their coordinate coordinators two years ago, or maybe last year. Uh, I think it was well, two years ago. It was before last season. Yeah, yeah. It was so. It was two years ago. So they did have to do a little bit of a rebuild and and kind of reestablish the relationships and get all the recruits comfortable with everybody again. But um, Dabo is going to be Dabo at the end of the day. And it feels like he's always he always gets these few pieces. I mean, last year he got Peter Woods off of the Alabama, now Sammy Brown from Georgia. And you're just gonna always gonna be you can always expect Clemson to be competitive, man, even when they aren't the Clemson that we're used to. Um some more Clemson chatter though. Uh four star wide receiver Bryant Wesco, um thirty one thirty one overall player in the country, uh ninth wide receiver. Seventh overall in the state of Texas, um, he was getting some some buzz to Clemson, but after his official weekend, now it's it seems like it's almost locked in, and the decision may be coming soon. So it seems like Clemson they're cooking right now. Um, moving along, um, Jeremiah Smith, the um, number two overall player in the country, the number one wide receiver, the number one player in the state of Florida. He took his his official visit to Florida this weekend. Um, he's an Ohio State commit, um, and he's been pretty much saying that he's a lock to Ohio State. Um, and I still do believe that if the decision was made today, he would be going to Ohio State. Uh, but it seems like Florida did a good job with him this weekend, and we've been working on him for a while now. And um, we are definitely the second team, um, but second place isn't going to get his commitment. So we'll continue to monitor that. I mean, that's arguably the best player in the country. Um, that would be a huge get for Sunbelt, Billy, and them boys. Um, Walter Matthews is a tight end coming off of a official visit to USC. Um, he was heading into the weekend as a Florida lean, but after his official visit, it seems like USC has pulled ahead. Uh, he has a, a visit coming up to the swamp, and then it seems like a decision will be made. So we'll keep an eye on him as well. Um, USC also added a commitment this weekend. Um, I don't have his name here, but they are trending up for Taylor Tatum, 
who is a um, a running back from Texas, the number 40 overall player in the country, number one running back, number nine overall player in Texas. So USC had a pretty good weekend themselves. Um, and then there's Alabama being Alabama as well. Um, they did really good work on um, Kai Bates this weekend. Uh, they also did really good work on um, – what's this guy's name? I had it here. Um, I can't find it. But Alabama's Alabama. We already know it. We already know the vibes about them. Um, but, yeah, I'm, we're going to talk about recruiting a lot more. I'm going to start – get deep diving into more of these prospects and more of this stuff. But it's just a little preview, a little, a little nugget, a couple names there. Um, now, before we get out of here – Let's talk about um, ESPN dropped a new top 25 based on returning production, recent recruiting, and recent history. And this is what they came up with. Number one. Should we start at number one or should we start at 25? Uh, start at 25. All right. So at 25, coming in, we have Mississippi State. At 24, we have UCLA. And 23, we have Kansas State. Those three teams are right there. Let's talk about those three. Mississippi State, UCLA, Kansas State. Um, how are you feeling about those three teams being where they are, being ranked at all? Mississippi State is a little bit confusing to me. I'm not going to lie. Um, rest in peace to Mike vibes. Leach. Rest in peace to Mike Leach. But I, I just – I don't know how you just replace your head coach and are just become good. So, I don't know. SEC bias? Well, they're talking about not just – they're not talking about for this year. They're talking about what was happening, you know, previous years. And they've always been a pretty good team. They've always made bowl games. So, I don't I don't really disagree. I guess that's fair. Because um, you could say the same thing about UCLA. I mean, UCLA, they never even won the conference. They've always been a kind of – seven eight win team and we've always been looking for them to take the next step and they just haven't been able to you know with five years under chip kelly so Mm -hmm. um i think kansas state is the best one out of those three they're the ones who've actually won the big 12 yeah multiple times you know so even going back to that year that they played oregon in the fiesta bowl you know, Kansas State has always been a team that's actually won something. They won their conference. They played in a BCS bowl game. This was before the playoff era, but um, you know, UCLA, Mississippi State have never reached the heights that Kansas State has, if you want to be real. Agreed. And right now I'm looking at both of these teams' commitment lists because it's saying that it is also taking recruiting into um account. Right now, it's not looking good for either team. Let's go take a look back at last year's recruiting class and see where those three teams finished. Um, well, we know Chip Kelly don't like to recruit. so. <laughs> and it's funny you say that because – okay, anyway, actually, I lied. So Mississippi State is here at 22. They finished at 22 last, last year recruiting. Um, and then Kansas State – nope, UCLA is at 34, and Kansas State is at 37. Let's go back one more year. And Kansas State has always done more with less. It's true. Um, 2022, Mississippi State's again 
22 overall. Um, UCLA is 39, and Kansas State isn't even top 50. So that's interesting. That's interesting. Moving along, though, ranked at 22, we have the Kentucky Wildcats. Ranked at 21, we have the Florida Gators. Okay. Ranked at 20, we have TCU Horned Frogs. So 23, 21, and 20. Kentucky, Florida, and TCU. Now, I'm a little bit surprised to see TCU this low. Um, I'm surprised to see Kentucky that high. Yeah. What has Kentucky ever done? I think Kentucky has been a pretty solid team in the SEC East over the past couple years. Um, I mean, they've been solid, but. They've been, they've, they finished, I would say, like no worse than fourth place over the past like three or four years. Um, I know that's not that impressive, um, but when you look at the recruiting, they finished 17th in 2022. Um, 2023, they finished um, 31. Okay, so they were kind of ass. So, yeah, maybe maybe you're right. Maybe Kentucky doesn't deserve to be on At this least list. Florida puts guys in the NFL. Yeah, we do. Florida always puts dudes in the NFL. They always have a bunch of guys get drafted. Kentucky, they usually don't. They yeah, had Will Levis this year, but other than that, they're kind of just a team that's there. Um, you know, they're a fringe six and six type of program every year. They've had some better years, um, you know, where they've been ranked kind of high. But other than that, they've yeah, and I don't know really how much more. production they're returning either. I mean, they're losing Will Levis. They lost two of their running backs. Right. Um. I'm not sure about their defense or their old line, but I think they lost like one or two alignment. So it's interesting to see them there. Uh, TCU, though, I feel like TCU has been at the top of the Big 12 for a while now. I know they don't recruit the best, uh, but they were just in the playoffs last year. I think that deserves a top 15 spot. I mean, there's some teams on this list above them that I'm like. Yeah, they've won the conference multiple times. They're losing a lot of players. Obviously, they're losing important players this year, and I know that plays a part into this ranking, but um, not sure. Moving along, though, we got Wisconsin at 19, Ole Miss at 18, and Washington at 17. And and, and that's that's what I'm talking about. Like, how is TCU not above these three teams? Yeah, especially recently, Wisconsin has been down for a few years now. Ten years ago, when Wisconsin was actually a, a contender to win the Big Ten consistently, I would say, okay, maybe, but I don't know. Wisconsin hasn't been very good the past few years. Now we're going to see a new Wisconsin under Coach Fickle, and they're going to look totally different. They're not going to be running that that power offense that we've seen from mm-hmm. them since the beginning of time, it feels like. So um, we're going to see a more modern offense, a totally different team. But I can't say that they're a top program of recent years. If you're factoring in 10, 15 years ago, yeah. But recently, no. Yeah, I'd have to agree. Um, Same with Washington, I feel like, too. I feel like Washington has been pretty down in the Pac-12 these couple of recent years. I mean, Pac-12 is not particularly that strong, so I'm sure they've had some some wins and some decent results, but they haven't been to Washington. Yeah. They made a playoff, in but that was like six years ago. Yeah, and they well, they did have eleven wins this past season, but yeah, I don't know. 
Yeah, it's just it's, it's an interesting formula list that they have. Um, let's keep going though. Sixteenth uh, is Texas A and M. Fifteen Notre Dame. Fourteen Utah. How do you feel about those three little pods of teams? I think um, Texas A and M is too high. Yeah, I would say Texas A and M is definitely a little bit too high. I think they definitely deserve to be a little further up the list. Although, they are Mr. 8 and 4 under Coach Sumlin. Yeah, and I was about to say. Kind of worse under Jimbo. But I was about to say, that hasn't really changed, though. I mean, yeah, yeah. it's kind of the they same. 5 team. and 7 last year. Yeah, and I mean, they had that one year where they went 10 and 3. They were almost in the playoffs or something like that, 11 and 3. Yeah. Two years ago. Um, but yeah, outside of that, they, they've been pretty much underachievers. And we talked about it earlier when we were talking about recruiting. Um, right. They're, they're the prime example of the team that just likes to drop bags and get kids to to commit off that. And you see how that kind of yeah. works. And, and they uh, drop just... bags on their coach too. That's why they can't fire them. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And it doesn't seem like um, there may be some like egos or I don't know. I mean, I'm not a Texas A&M guy, right? So I don't really know what goes on in the locker room or what the rumors are and stuff. But uh, whatever formula they've been using, they need to change the recipe. They're not cooking shit. As no. for um, Notre Dame and Utah, though, I think these are two interesting teams year in and year out. Um, those are two teams that you feel like can be in play for, I'm not going to say it all, but Utah is always in position to win their conference, and Notre Dame is independent. So if they go 12-0, and they have a good chance to be in the playoffs. So I think these are two teams that are always interesting when it comes to the, the national scene because they could definitely throw a wrench into things. Right. And um, Utah has won the Pac-12 back-to-back. True. Um, Three-peat. I don't know about all that. <laughs> I think I think my ducks got something to say about that. Mm-hmm. But Notre Dame has made a playoff. They are consistently a good team. So I think this is appropriate for them to be ranked at this spot. I agree. Let's move on. At 13, we have Oklahoma. 12, we have Clemson. And 11, your mighty Oregon Ducks. Um it's a little bit surprising to see Oregon above Clemson. I do think they're in that same area as Oklahoma, Utah, Notre Dame. I think that's definitely fair. So I don't think they're like too far away from where they're grouped. But I guess Clemson really has been down. I mean, they haven't really been the Clemson that they were five years ago. Um, Oregon's right. been really, really good as well. You guys won a lot of games. I'm not sure about how much production you guys have been returning, but you guys have you guys recruit really well as well. So maybe it's not that shocking. Maybe it's not that shocking. Yeah. But we could get to to that another time I think our team is gonna be way better because, you know, a lot of people don't follow other teams' rosters that close, but knowing what we are bringing in, we're gonna be way better than last year. And, you know, I like our staff better than the previous staff. But that being said, I do think that Clemson should be ranked above Oregon because they have had multiple playoff appearances, national championship right. um, titles. Oregon has made the first playoff, but we haven't been back since. Mm-hmm. So even though we have had good seasons, we had a Rose Bowl win. We have won the Pac-12 multiple times. But you guys, um, who, uh, outside of Utah – being the last two winners, who won it before that? Probably Washington. 
Okay. So it's been about three or four years since you guys won the Big uh, Pac-12. Yeah. Well, last time we won the Pac-12 was 2020. So, yeah. Years. Which you know that was a weird year. We only yeah. we only played like six games, and we we ended up going like weird. three and three, and then we beat USC. That that year was so crazy because USC was actually a pretty good team, and they just had a stinker in the Pac-12 championship. It was yeah, so weird. I, I remember that. Now that you bring that up, yeah, I actually because I, I remember it more clearly now because I watched the highlights recently, and yeah, USC just played like garbage that game. It was so weird, but um. But yeah, I I think Clemson. I think Clemson should still be a top ten program. Um, what was the other team? It was Clemson. Oklahoma Oregon. was at thirteen. Yeah, Oklahoma. Oklahoma should be above Oregon too because they've had multiple Heisman winners. They've been in the playoffs consistently under Lincoln Riley. Um, I will say something that factors into the score is um, re- re- returning production. I'm not uh, sure well, what they lost or. What's well, going on yeah, there? Another yeah. bring their quarterback. Last year, yeah. Based off last year, Oklahoma, they went six and six. They got yeah. smacked by Texas. Um, so I don't really know what to expect from Oklahoma. I hope they get better under Venables. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I don't want Texas to win the Big Twelve, but yeah, we really don't know what to expect. So, um, you know, returning if you know returning production. If returning production is a factor, I honestly think Oregon is going to be a better team than Clemson this year. You know, we got Bo Nix back. We bought a bunch of people in the portal that are better than the players that we lost. Um, So, you know, without getting too deep into that, mm-hmm. I think Oregon is going to be a great team this year. So if you factor that in, then, yeah, yeah. I say right now, I say right now we are a top 10 program and we've been recruiting like it. Mm-hmm. We just got to play like it this year. Yeah. You know, we did win 10 games last year, but I think it was an average season. You know, for a team like Oregon, you have to win the conference. If you don't win the conference, I can't say that's a successful season. So Yeah, I agree. Um, So, yeah, factoring that in, I'd say we are ranked pretty appropriately. For sure. And and we'll definitely, definitely go conference by conference, division by division, and we'll talk about all these teams and – We'll get way deeper into all these rosters as the season gets closer. Um, So we'll definitely – we got a shit ton to talk about, um, and we'll definitely get into that. But uh, moving along, this is – now this is – these next two teams are very, very interesting. And I I guess some of this formula makes sense for why these two teams are here. But other than that, it doesn't make that much sense to me. At at number 10, we have the Florida State Seminoles. At number 9 – we have the Texas Longhorns. At number eight, we have Penn State Nittany Lions. Penn State is a great program. Like we could talk about them first because they're probably the least we got to talk about. Uh, they're always one of the top programs in the Big Ten. Uh, they always have a chance up there with Michigan and Ohio State to win that conference. Um, and they usually get to those ten win games. They recruit top ten. Um, I definitely have no issue seeing them here um, in the top ten. Uh, any thoughts about Penn State? Man, this is Penn State has a lot of hype this year, along with the other teams. They They're all good. have a Penn lot State's of hype going this into this year. So I'm looking for Penn State to win the Big Ten. Mm. Um, mm. I'm not necessarily rooting for them to do that, but that's hard, bro. Based on what what they say that they have, they have a former five star quarterback. If he's even a little better than what they've had out of Sean Clifford, because <laughs> you know, you know me, I haven't been a Clifford yeah. fan. Um, I don't think a lot of people were, but if this guy 
that they have coming in is ready to go like they say he is. And we all know the talent that they have. Um, we're, Ohio State looks like they're going to be down. We don't really know what to expect from them. I mean, they have Marvin Harrison Jr., who's the best wide receiver in the country. But we don't know what their quarterback is going to be like, their running backs, their line. Um, I've heard that Ohio State has been having trouble with their old line. So I think this is a year for a team like Penn State to really make a run at the Big Ten title and mm-hmm. potentially a playoff spot. So, yeah, I, I have to like this ranking for them. Um, Texas, Texas always has a bunch of hype. We all know about their talented players. You know, they have Bijan Robinson. They have Quinn Ewers, who looks like he could be a pretty good quarterback. Um, he's, he, he showed flashes. You know, that Alabama performance was legendary before he went down. And then he was kind of banged up the rest of the season. And I think that hindered his performance. Definitely but did. Um, they did get that wide receiver from Georgia. We do know Sark is a pretty good offensive mind. But the problem is Texas is another team that just hasn't been able to put it together recently. Um, they haven't won the Big 12 since 2009, and they're moving to the SEC um, in 2024. So I just I can't really make any predictions about Texas until I actually see the team play because we really don't know what we're getting from them And because it seems like every year it's Texas back, it's Texas back. It's almost corny at this point. They've been saying it for so long. Yeah. Uh, you know, and they haven't even been able to make the Big 12 title game, so let alone win the, win the conference. So I'm just looking for Texas to not be disappointed. Um, I don't really know if I would call a nine-win season for them successful because they have all this hype. But I don't know if I like this ranking either. I think um, what was it? What was the other team too? It was Florida State at ten. See Florida State. Florida State did make a playoff though, so I would have to say Florida State and Penn State should be above Texas, mm-hmm. just off their, um, you know, recent success. Penn State has won the Big Ten. Florida State has made a playoff. Um, but yeah, and, and going into this year, I think Florida State's going to be a better team than Texas too. They're bringing a shit ton. They're bringing everybody back, right? And they got they got former Oregon running back Trey Benson on their team now, doing well. So wow. Wait, really? Yeah. Was Oregon running back? Yep. He killed yep. us last year. I did not know that. Wow. Yeah. He had like yeah. three touchdowns. Yeah. But he, ne- he never really played for us because okay. we had a lot of guys in front yeah. of him. But yeah, he's a good back. He was one of those that I was looking for. Like, if he would have stayed to, to play last year for yeah. us, but mm-hmm. he ended up leaving. Um, yeah, and he been, he's been doing well. So Florida State, I think, is going to be a great team. I think they're ranked appropriately, but I have to say Texas should be behind them in Penn State, honestly. Yeah. Um, I'm, I like where your head's at when it comes to Florida State. I, I get where you're, what, you're, what you're saying. I just feel like they've been a little bit too down recently. I mean, they've had some – I mean, they lost to Jacksonville State. Like two years yeah. ago, like they've yeah. had three win seasons. They they have not been very very good. Uh, now last year they were very good, and they're bringing all those players back. They've recruited decently, and like you said, they've been to the playoffs already. They actually have a natty, um, so I get it. Um, and and under Norvell, they've looked good. So recently, they didn't at right. first, but yeah. So I guess I guess I'm just a hater, but um. Moving along, uh, 
At seven, we got USC hey, Trojans. It's okay. It's okay because if if Washington was up here, I would have been hating too. Uh huh. Uh huh. And that's and listen, if you're listening to this podcast, we're going we're going to do our best. But at the end of the day, we're fans, bro. We're going to be biased. We're going to hate. So sorry. <laughs> don't take it personal if it's your team getting shit on. We know ball. Like even if we hate and if they're good, like we know, like we we know. Ball, I don't care you know if they I mean? take it personal. If yeah. a Washington fan got a problem with me, <laughs> listen. I can send you my address, bro. I don't care. Hey. Washington and Oregon State fans, I want all, all smoke. smoke. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you heard it. You heard it here. You heard it here. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, at seven we got USC, six Tennessee, five LSU. Um, yeah, uh, Tennessee being at six, like I said, I think a lot of it, this list is weighted with returning production and things of that nature, because Tennessee has not been successful recently. Uh, they recruit. Okay. Um, but they really only had what one or two good years. Well, hypo now. Yeah. If you're projecting the future and the traje- trajectory, I definitely think this is appropriate for Tennessee because I think hypo is a great coach. Obviously the tradition and the history of Tennessee, um, they can be a powerhouse. They once were, so it's not like it's impossible. Um, I definitely think they can return to being maybe what Tennessee once was. Uh, but it is a little bit shocking to see them here at six. Uh, US- yeah, they're definitely not a, a fringe top five program. They yeah, had one 10 win season in 2016. And after that, they've kind of just been underachievers. Did they get 10 last year? Well, yeah, last year I think they got 10. Oh. But. But, um, you know, last year, see, last year was kind of messed up. Well, they actually got 11 last year because okay. um, they won the bowl game. But, um, so, yeah, last year was a was a really good year for them, and it kind of got derailed after Hendon Hooker went. Well, technically, they was getting whooped before Hooker went down. But they lost another game after Hooker went down, and, um, you know, it was tough. And But we see that potential um, this year. Everybody's hyped about Joe Milton. Mm-hmm. You know, I always, you know how I am about the t-shirt videos. Uh-huh. I don't understand what it is with the t-shirts and shorts videos, but social media always hypes certain people. So they look good, bro. They got that, the physical. Nature, right, so. right, right. You know, I gave you a lot of crap about Anthony Richardson last <laughs> year because it just boggles my mind how we don't even know what Joe Milton is. He's been in college for like five years. Twelve years, like yeah, yeah. He's like my years. age. Yeah, and, and he he was at Michigan. Now he's at Tennessee. Wasn't he at Virginia um, or something like that? Tech at one point. No, he he might have been. Honestly, is this really his third school? I don't know. He might have went from Michigan to Tennessee. You might be. Well, right. Hooker was at Virginia Tech. Remember? Okay, that, yeah, that's what I was thinking about. Never mind. You're right. Two schools. Yeah, yeah. I think um, Milton was just at Michigan, Michigan but yeah. um. You know, is this is like year five or maybe even year six for Milton? I, I I don't remember exactly. So he's a guy that I'm looking forward to do well. He's been hyped. We all know about his arm. He can throw the ball ninety yards or whatever he can do. Mm-hmm. So he's a big arm for sure. Yeah, and I've saw I saw him doing a backflip. You know? <laughs> that's the AR shit. That's him trying to get that. AR. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, um, he's been getting a lot of hype. Uh huh. Um, but we haven't seen him really put together a full season. We've seen him do playing games well. Yeah. But now he's the guy. He's had a full yep. spring. He's going to have the full fall being the starter. 
So, you know, we'll see what Tennessee does. I think Tennessee is a team that could make a run. And it's mostly because we don't know what we're getting from Alabama. We know about Alabama's quarterback woes this offseason. They they weren't satisfied with what they had. They brought in a transfer. But this transfer that they brought in was a backup at Notre Dame. I just don't understand where they're going with Wait, this. Wait, what team? Um, Who? Alabama. Uh, that was their starting quarterback. That was uh, the Asian dude. Yeah, but oh. didn't he get his spot taken? Ooh, that I don't know. I think he got – I think they ended up starting somebody else like midway through the season. That's why – I left. know he got hurt. Maybe that's why. Because they ended up – because whoever this Notre Dame is starting as their – well, they brought in Sam Hartman now too. So, But that situation is weird because they brought in Notre Dame's old OC and he recruited Sam Hartman to go to Notre Dame. So he liked Sam Hartman more than the quarterbacks that he had. And then he goes to Alabama and then brings in the quarterback that he didn't want to start. So I don't know what's going on over there. So for me, it looks like Tennessee has a big opportunity this year. Uh, we know Alabama's going to have the talent everywhere else. But, you know, Tennessee is in, you know, prime position to really make a run. So um, I think they should be a little lower than six. But, yeah. I definitely think they are a top ten team this year. I think that's fair. I think that's good. Uh, a good point that you made there. Um, what about um, LSU? We got them at five there. I think um, LSU is really good um, at certain spots. I think they right. struggle at. We other did spots. win a national championship. Um, we know they're extremely talented. They're going to have good players. All over the place. Always, yeah. They got Jaden Daniels at quarterback, who's going to be back for year six. Who you um, been hating on? Yeah, I was hating on, but I ain't hating on no more because <laughs> after last year he was nice, so yeah, I ain't hating no nice more. Um, so <laughs> you know LSU is a team that's another one that's in prime position. This SEC is deep. You know, I like to yeah. you know talk my trash about the SEC, but the SEC is really deep this year. They got a lot of good teams. It's gonna be interesting. Um. You know, they did beat Alabama last year. I wouldn't be surprised if they beat them again. Just I because either. I think LSU is going to have the better quarterback. Last year they didn't have the better quarterback and they still won. But Alabama was down at, at all the positions, most notably the wide receiver core to me. They didn't really have that game breaker that they traditionally do. So I think LSU is another one. I wouldn't be surprised if they, you know, either – I, I don't. I don't think they win the SEC because I think Georgia is just that good. But I wouldn't be surprised if they make the title game and maybe go eleven and one or twelve and one. And well, I, I don't think they go twelve and zero. That's going to be tough. But it wouldn't. I, it wouldn't surprise me if they make the playoffs. I, I definitely agree. I think they're definitely a, a playoff contender this year. And then I'll add one one more thing to that. Uh, Harold Perkins. Remember that name. Uh, he was a True freshman linebacker for them. Started almost every game for them. He's He may be the best player in college football before he leaves um, to the NFL. So definitely remember that name, Harold Perkins. He That guy's a fucking beast. He's definitely the best player on that LSU team. Um, and they got uh, one of the starting linebackers from Oregon State oh, wow. from last year. We know how good that defense was. Really good. And, you know, one of their starting players transfers to LSU. So. You know, they have talented players they recruit, and they get all the good players out the portal, too. So, 
you know, they're definitely going to be a team to watch. Facts. Um, all right, let's bang out these last four teams. At four, we got Alabama. At three, we got Michigan. At two, Ohio State. We all know who number one is, unfortunately. The Georgia Bulldogs. Yeah. Um, so, Michigan over Alabama is a little interesting to me. Um, I know we just talked about Alabama and then what they're returning this year isn't really inspiring. Um, and Michigan is obviously bringing back JJ McCarthy, um, the running back, Blake Corum, um, a, a strong defense, a good off- offensive line as usual. Um, but would you have Alabama uh, under Michigan or what, what do you think between those two teams? It's tough. It's tough. Because recently, Michigan did have a better, well, I don't know about better outcome, because they did make the playoff, but then they got smacked Smoked. by TCU. Yeah. And Alabama did and make the Georgia playoff. But they, yeah, but they smacked Kansas State in their bowl game. So, honestly, I think they're about equal. Okay. And they're probably just ranking Michigan higher based off height. Mm-hmm. But Michigan is another team where, they haven't always played the best on the biggest stage. They did beat Ohio State twice in a row, which is a step up for them. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to the bowl games, whether it's a big bowl game or a playoff game, they've never won. I think the last time they won a bowl game was 2015 under Harbaugh. So they haven't even really had a postseason win. It's it's crazy. So um, I think – Alabama still should be above them. Michigan has not won an adding. Alabama has. They've had a Heisman winner. Um, Alabama has had multiple Heisman winners recently. So I think Alabama should be above Michigan. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. It's very close. And I guess, like you said, Michigan's been to the playoffs more recently and maybe got a little bit more hype than Alabama right now. I, I do think – and now I, I've, I've been saying this for like five years now, right? These motherfuckers have probably – I think they won like two natties in, in the meantime. But I've been saying, bro, I've been trying to speak this into existence. And Nick Saban, his reign of terror is soon coming to an end. <laughs> the Alabama – Maybe, the maybe Alabama five years from now. And, I mean, it's starting to seem that way. At first, it was like, uh, all right, this guy's still winning. I don't think so. He brought in the number one recruiting class, man. Yeah, I know. I know. Number one recruiting class. <laughs> it's tough. So, yeah, tough. This, yeah, he, he might not have a, a really great quarterback, but there's still going to be a team that Always. wins a lot of games yeah. in the SEC, man. Yeah, they're probably going to win the SEC West, bro. They're probably going to win the SEC. Uh, nah, they might lose to Georgia. Georgia's the GOAT. But. Yeah, no, Georgia's going to win the SEC. But... Unless Florida handles them. Hmm. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna ignore that real quick. But yeah, Alabama is still. I think they're still Alabama. All right, <laughs> let's talk about these last two teams: Ohio State and Georgia. Um, now we we've talked about a lot of underachievers on this list, <laughs> and I think one of the biggest underachievers that not many people, I guess, hound on for underachieving is Ohio State. I feel like when is the last national championship they've won? I feel like they should have had a natty. In this past, I mean, 2015 is the last time they won the national championship. Let me look that up. Was it when they played Oregon? Was it? 2014? Yeah, that was the 2014 season. Bro, it is 2023. That was the last time they won the Natty? Yes, bro, right? They didn't win win one with, um, well, oh, so. 
Yeah, they really haven't won a natty since Urban Meyer left. I mean, let me – I don't think Ryan Day has won a national championship. Yeah, no. No, Ryan Day hasn't. One. Ryan Day hasn't. Yep, 2013 wow, is the last long? time. Yes, bro. Almost 10 years, bro. Almost 10 years since Ohio State has even – when was the last time they even played in the natty? Wow. Let's see. I know. And obviously, it's not fair to always uh, – judge a team based on national championships because that shit is hard to win a national championship, right? But a program like Ohio State, a program that many people argue is a top two, three program in the country, it's a little strange for these guys not to have a natty in the past 10 years or at least been in one or two, right? Yeah, that's just crazy. I can't even – wow. Yeah, I know. So with that being said, as well as them losing the Big Ten these past two years in a row, I I, I don't think it's a bad <laughs> ranking for these guys to be high, like rank. But, I mean. Well, we they did have a legendary or... game against Georgia in the playoffs last year. They've, const- they've consistently the made the playoffs, even though they haven't won a national championship. But. So, you know, I would say they that they in, should. I'm sorry. Go ahead. They, were, they were in the Natty in 2020. They lost Alabama. Yeah, I was about to say, I, I remember them. I remember yeah. watching them in the Natty and losing. Yeah, but got smoked. Um, By 30 points. I think they should be. See, I honestly think Alabama should probably be ahead of them. It should be yeah. Georgia, Alabama, Michigan, Ohio, Ohio State, State. Honestly, Ohio State should be number four because they agree. did lose to Michigan twice. Mm-hmm. But. um. Yeah, Ohio State has consistently made the playoffs, and they backdoored in last year. They backdoored so, that day, yo. What? What? Ridiculous. They backdoored, and part of that was was Oregon's fault. That was Oregon's <laughs> fault. But you know, it is what it is. And um, yeah, they. I don't know what to expect from them. They're kind of like Alabama in the way that we know they have good players. But their quarterback is a is a question mark. I don't know what we're gonna get from this guy, but we'll see. So, um, and and Ryan Day did get smacked by us at home. So, it's true. He did walk into his trap and take over that. Yeah. Trap. So, you know, yeah, Ohio State's interesting. They're interesting. I mean, we we're saying all of this, but everybody's expecting Ohio State to win the Big Ten this year and be in the playoffs. So, I guess I don't. No, it's Michigan for you. Yeah, Michigan is number one until proven otherwise. Who's who's the Ohio State quarterback? I forgot My his boy? name, but it's going to be a new. Um, yeah, that's going to be a. I don't. I think he's a retro freshman. Wow, so maybe Michigan is the favorite, huh? Yeah. Either way, it's a new quarterback that we haven't seen. We haven't really seen him in backup in a backup role playing. So, yeah, Michigan. Michigan has all the the important pieces already. We have Blake Corn coming back. They got J.J. McCarthy. So hopefully J.J. McCarthy can take that next step and really be a great game-breaker quarterback. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I'd have to say Ohio State should be number four. Alabama should be number two. And, of course, Georgia should be number one. They might yeah. have the best player in college football in Brock Bowers, yeah. even though they're going to have a new quarterback too. Yeah. But we've seen that that 
you don't have to be the best quarterback. Yeah, these guys want to walk on, bro. They want yeah. Stetson Bennett, bro. Would... I could play quarterback for Georgia, and I think I think we could win a football game. Maybe not against Alabama, but Rose went back to back, bro. That's sick. Bro. If if Georgia's playing an FCS team, I think they can win with me at quarterback. Yeah, literally, I literally. <laughs> All I gotta do is hand the ball off. Take the snap, hand the ball off. Throw a screen, throw a slant. I can throw a little pop pass. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> throw a little slant. You good. You good. <laughs> It's crazy, man. Yeah, nah. They they are undisputed number one right now. Yeah, um, so we don't even really have to talk about yeah, Georgia nah, that they much. They the went best. back to back. Yeah, they're yeah. just insane. They're, they smacked us in the game week one last year. That team is just too good. <laughs> I'm telling, I'm telling y'all though. Like no one wants to hear me. Everybody likes to laugh me off. But like, there's only one team that could do it. There's only one team that could knock these niggas off. They pivot for real. You feel me? Like we like it's. But we can't handle. And that. what team is that? It's not. I mean, it's us. It's not us, but it's us. Like that's why we need Florida to be good. Because if Florida's not good, Georgia's just going to rain terror upon the whole entire country. But if Florida is good, yeah. we can put them muffins in check every once in a while. You feel me? Like they might still do what they got to do every once in a while, but they just running through Georgia's that schedule East, bro. is a joke this year, man. That's what I'm saying. They just running through this like it's nothing to them. They're gonna go twelve and zero. Come on, bro! Like <laughs> they're probably gonna make the playoffs, bro. even if they lose the SEC title game. <laughs> it's crazy. Just because they go twelve and zero. It's crazy, bro. It's crazy. But uh, all right, yeah, that's the full list. Um, we've been live for like an hour fifteen. Um, everything has seemed stable and good so far. Uh, we are gonna post this episode just as a test episode. Not sure how many people will hear this, but we're gonna post it just to test how we post and see if everything works out. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, uh, let's close it out here. Um, we don't really have a schedule as to when we'll be dropping, what days will be our days, um, or, or if we'll be doing multiple shows a week or only one show. Like, well, we're gonna we'll figure that out. So stay tuned. Make sure y'all follow the Pigskin, um, at the Pigskin at the Pigskin Live for all your updates about our show. Also, go follow at FilmJet. Give Steph some love on his show. If you like movies, TV shows, all that yes, shit, sir. definitely go check that out. He's the best of the best when it comes to that. Um, you got any last statements, words, or you any topics you want to talk about before we get out of here? Nah, man. I'm just excited. I'm just ready for this season. I'm I'm watching a lot of group of five football this year. I'm, <laughs> I'm going crazy. Yeah, man. we locked I'm, in. I'm excited, yeah. too. And now that we have this main like college football podcast, it just gets me even more excited to lock in on that, too. Facts, um, facts. Got to stay tapped in. You got to stay tapped in. Exactly. Look. Tuesday night matching. I'm there. <laughs> hey, those be some of the best games, though. Those be some of the best games. Facts. Don't lie. That, the, Facts. The Appalachian State versus um, UAB games. Them shits be Facts. I'm telling you. On Wednesdays. I'm trying to go to one of them games. Look. Miami, Ohio look. versus. Uh, I don't even know. Freaking Western Michigan. Western Let's Michigan. Go. Let's do it. Let's do it. Now, that would be I'm dope. I'm trying to go. I'm trying to go to one of these games, bro. Like, especially. See, see. Living down in Florida, look, it's a lot of it's a lot of spots that's like near. So, you know, FAU, UCF FIU. moving to the Big Twelve. So, UCF, yeah, that's definitely something that I'm trying to do in the near future. Sure, because sure. you know it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of good teams coming into town. You know, if a TCU or Baylor or somebody like that come Might come as well to go UCF, check that out. hell yeah, yeah. I mean, UCF they they starting to cut Gus. He's starting to get his feet. Settled in 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 Orlando. I, I seen they just got a, a prediction for a running back named Stacy Gage, who uh, Florida was recruiting pretty heavy at one point. 
Uh, so I know that guy's a good player. So they got some they got some guys. They got a, a defensive tackle last cycle over Florida that we really, really wanted badly. Um, so, shit, that might be some good football. Facts. Facts. Bro, bro. So, yeah, definitely. Definitely. But, yeah, man, um, shout out to everybody. Uh, that probably won't listen to this, but hopefully once we start <laughs> dropping consistently in our real episodes, uh, we start getting this shit on the road. So thanks a lot for tuning in. Catch y'all next time. Peace.